A stands for avoidance. So if you're noticing that your child's avoiding things, um, like we just talked about, you know, avoiding different activities, um, maybe avoiding, um, let's say for instance, this happens at school a lot where a child doesn't want to take, let's say a math test. You know, they don't feel like they're good in math or they don't feel like they're going to do very well. So right before math, they act out in class. So they're sent to the front office and they get out of their math test. <laughs> B stands for boredom. They just have all this energy inside and they don't know what to do with it. So a lot of times you'll see behaviors acting out like that. C stands for connection. A lot of times people will say, oh, my, my child's just doing that for attention. They're just acting out or misbehaving because they need attention. And instead of using attention, I use the word connection. They're looking for connection. They're looking to connect with you, the parent, or maybe a sibling or a friend or whatever it is. Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. <laughs> if you if you just heard that cute little voice in the background, that's Emmy. She's dancing on a table behind Jade <laughs> with really cute pink flowers in her hair because it is it is a crazy day over at the Tolbert. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is every day. It just shows you what work from home life is like is this chaos. I don't like- understand how people do it like obviously like okay, this is a job. But this is like a fun job, you know, like we aren't, we don't have to like take ourselves super seriously, but like people with like real important jobs, like that, how do they do it with children? You just have to lower your expectations. I guess. Do you remember that like politician or somebody there was like, it was like the first time that like ever happened. And it was way before COVID when that little kid like walked in on that guy talking I don't know. It was like a newscast or something. And the little kid was walking in the background. The guy didn't know how to handle it. And he like, it's like so awkward. I mean, I've seen a lot of the like clips that have gone viral where that's happened, where it's like a zoom important zoom meeting and a kid walks in. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, luckily we can just. (laughs) She's just enjoying seeing herself on the screen, I think. Wow. She's on an exercise ball. So it's in between. It's kind of like Oh, jammed. my gosh. What? So Wait. she can stand on it. Oh, I was like, what? How is she just on that and not falling over? The skill level that takes is pretty dynamite. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but she's also in her underwear. So I probably shouldn't. You're covering her up with your head, though. So that's On purpose. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we're, we're doing good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're not using this part of the video anyway. If we do, we'll use the part where you can't see your underwear. Um, well, you guys, today we're being joined by Dr. Kim, also known as a parentologist. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and registered play therapist. You guys have sent us your uh, questions, which um, we have a bunch of those. And then we also have lots of questions because we are no experts as you know <laughs> um we also do have a dear mommies as i say we're not experts we do have a dear mommies question coming at the end from you guys be sure to um always send us your questions because we um we <laughs> i mean i told you you could be in here if you were quiet i wonder if emmy has a question for us that we can answer emmy emmy you want to come ask me a question Okay, here, ask Carly. Come here, ask, come and ask Carly one. Come here, you can put your headphones, my headphones on. 
Can you hear? Say hi, Carly. Hi, Carly. Hi. Do you have a question for her? I have a question. Oh, please ask away. How? What's inside of bricks? Inside what? What's inside bricks? Bricks. What's inside Brooks? No, bricks. Bricks. Brit. What's inside bricks? Do you know the answer to that? It's like rocks, sediment, (coughs) cement. Is it? I don't know the answer. That's a very good question. (laughs) I don't know the answer to. Is this like your? Do you know the answer to it? No. Well, that was a very good question. She stumped me. Okay, well, Emmy's left the building. Well, she's actually in the building still. She's just not in your room. <laughs> we can take ourselves a little more seriously now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know how – I like you said, I don't know how people – Yeah, I don't know how people do it. How do you guys do it? Bless you people out there who have to work from home simultaneously with your kids, which is pretty much what you and I do every day, technically. Yes. Yes, that is true. I'm excited because this coming weekend, I don't have the kids and I have like actual like adult things to do. Like Caitlin, like Whitney's in town and Caitlin obviously lives here. And so I get to go hang out with Caitlin and Whitney. I'm going to a baby shower for my friend Hannah. Like I actually get to do stuff. Like I never do things. Usually on weekends without the kids, I just sit and watch like two whole series series <laughs> with like lots of like pizza. Yes. That sounds amazing. I'll take that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like sad because I do miss them, but it really is. It's nice to just kind of be able to sit. Although I am worried because normally I do get a little bit of like a recharge um, by just like sitting and inhaling lots of, uh, like pizza and whatever else I order from on Uber Eats. Um, But now like I'm going to be doing stuff. So like if the kids come back now, am I going to be tired? Maybe, maybe I'll be recharged in like a different way. Yeah, no, I agree with you though, because uh, Tanner and I are officially like, it'll be the first time I will be away from all three kids in a few weeks. We're actually going to be in Nashville. I want to come see you, but we're going to a wedding and we're going to be kidless. And I am like so – I'm so sad and nervous in a lot of ways, but I'm so excited to just have like a little trip that I don't have to be mom the whole time. Yeah, and it'll be good for y'all's relationship too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it really is just – I mean, being away from the kids. It's so – you know, I feel – I used to feel really bad about it. Like I used to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm enjoying time and I'm not with my kids. But now I just feel like it's so good for your soul. Not like all the time, but like some of the time it's like really recharging and it makes you feel great. Like I wouldn't have been able to do any of my music stuff without leaving the kids. And like I'm like, oh my gosh, I also sent you my some of my music videos. I'm excited. They're awesome. I'm very excited. I sh- I sent Jade some clips. They're so um, fun. You look like I mean you are. You're like a real like singer. Like you you're <laughs> doing your thing. 
No, but they look well, good. Like they look like a real music video. Like it's yeah, fun to, it's, it's fun to watch you do something that I haven't like seen. You know, I've never seen you do like something. Nobody like has ever seen me do. I mean, the only time you ever saw me sing was like on our bachelor date. Well, and I've I've seen you like I mean I've heard you sing, but to see you in a music video is really yeah, it's fun. different. It, yeah. it takes it to another level. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I there's things that like I've done now being away from the kids that have just been like so great. So. It's just it's, sometimes it's like nice to have those little moments, even yeah. if you're doing nothing and you're just sitting around and watching a really stupid like teenager show on Netflix. Sometimes you just need to watch the teenager shows on Netflix. Sounds like Tanner. He loves those. <laughs> sometimes like some of them are pretty good. Some of them are terrible. <laughs> but do you watch uh, – oh, gosh, what's the uh, morning show? No, but I want to. I think that's it's on really a – it's on a – what is that on? It's on like Apple, the Apple TV, whatever that yeah, thing's called. We don't have that. Man, it's it's so good. Hulu has lots of new shows that are really good lately. Anyway, I'm trying to get up <laughs> on my shows. I'm trying to stay up with the cool kids. Um, did you watch what? Did you watch Squid Game? No, I I, I, I won't. I can't do it <laughs> because Can I, I know. I know what happens and I'm like, why would I want to see that? Like, I don't need Hunger Games number two. It yeah. was traumatizing enough to have like children killing each other. Like, I don't need like, is that, isn't that, I was thinking about this the other day. Hunger Games is so messed up. It is messed up. Like, but it's, we watched it and we're like, this is such a good movie. But like, we're messed up for liking that. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's actually really dark if you think about it's it. It's horrible. It's children killing children. It's horrible. Squid Game obviously isn't children, but Hunger Games is a thousand times worse, even though I haven't watched Squid Game. So I'm not really one to talk. But anyway, I haven't watched that. No. Um, I have a bad parent segment because Tanner let Emerson watch an episode of Squid Game. <gasps> and oh, I was livid. Oh, gosh. It's awful. That's I not like, good. Talk about your child needing therapy. She'll probably <laughs> she'll probably need it. I know. I had you on the other day, and uh, there was like, oh, it was a suicide part, and all of a sudden it flashed like someone who had done something, and I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but I was like, oh my, like Charlie looked at the screen, and I like ran over to like make him not look at the screen, and I was like, oh my gosh, and I really did have that moment, like I hope he doesn't like always remember that, and then I was like, there's no way, right? But like, is there a way? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I remember, like I said, that, that I watched um, Child's Play with Chucky in it when I was six, and I still remember watching it. And obviously, I had nightmares <laughs> from it. But um, I had to kind of like explain to Emmy things about Squid Game, but she kind of just thought it was funny. Like Tanner, t- I don't know. She was like, she wants to play the red light, green light game now oh. on it. Okay. And but then she said some things that were pretty graphic that I was like, oh yeah, like. That's kind of graphic. So we had a nice chat about what's child appropriate. Well, that's a good segue to um, <laughs> our guest today. Maybe we could ask her some questions on the appropriateness of uh, television and, oh gosh, technology. Because well, our kids watch a lot of things. Squid Game ain't it. I'll tell it's you that. Squid Game is like, the, we know the answer <laughs> to that one. Um, but let's just take a short break. And then when we come back, we'll be joined by Dr. Kim. We can ask him, ask her all of, all of the things. Mm-hmm. 
We are so excited to have you on. We're good. We're like, we're, we're having yeah. mom wins this week. So it's good. Oh, good. That's always a good week. <laughs> I can't say that for every week, but it's good when you can. So take yes. it when you can. Yes. Agreed. I know. We were talking about how um, we all need to celebrate our wins more than we do. Yes. Yes. I feel like as moms, sometimes we don't, we kind of self-deprecate and, you know, yes. it's almost we aren't allowed to celebrate our wins, but you're right. We absolutely need to. So I'm, I'm talking balloons, cake, everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Flower, send yourself flowers. You yes. pop in the champagne. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, everyone, um, Dr. Kim is a marriage and family therapist as well as a registered play therapist. Can you go into what a registered play therapist is? I'm so curious about that. I understand it has to probably do with child therapy. Yes, it does. And it's funny because I'm asked this question so much. I was actually literally speaking at a conference earlier this morning and I was asked the exact same question, but it's true. I mean, a lot of people don't know exactly what it is because when they think when they go to therapy, it's talk therapy, you sit in a room, you know, you talk to your therapist, you answer questions, you know, and, and you know, talk about things. But with play therapy, it is completely different. Um, it is mostly with children, but I actually have had adolescents and adults and even couples, um, you know, in my therapy room. So it can work for all ages but my sweet spot is usually around zero to eight years old, something like that. And um, little ones too. I even had someone reach out the other day about a two-year-old um, that wanted to be seen. So the greatest thing about play therapy is that kids don't have to talk to, let's say, you know, move on from trauma or, you know, find coping skills to heal, you know, whatever's going on, whether it's anxiety, depression, their parents are going through divorce, they just moved, they don't have any friends, someone's bullying them, whatever the case is they can use toys and play to communicate not only with me as their therapist, but also again, to heal from some of those traumas. So for instance, I had a little girl who was estranged from one of her parents years ago, and she was just very sad. You know, it was a very um, abusive relationship and, and, and things like that, but she was just very sad that she wasn't able to see this other caregiver as much as she used to every day like she used to. And I one day just picked up a toy telephone and I said, why don't you call this parent and why don't you call them and tell them how you're feeling? Say hi. You know, she picked up the phone. It's like this little red telephone I got probably at Target for $5, but it's this little red telephone and she picked it up and she called this other parent and just, you know, spilled all of her feelings out. And she wouldn't talk to me about it. If I asked directly, how are you feeling about this? Or do you want to tell me about this? She would shut down and she wouldn't even talk to me at all. But she picked up this telephone and just in tears, you know, cried it all out, told this parent what she was feeling, how much she missed them, how much she was sad about, you know, what happened and was able to release some of that. So using this as an example, but I do it with, you know, puppets and Santa and all sorts of things where, or especially if they can't talk, if they don't have the language to actually have a conversation, they can use the toys to, you know, to do therapy. So it's, it's great. It's, it's really powerful to see when it, when it happens. When do you know, um, like that your child actually needs to go to therapy? Like, is there like some type of behavior that like you can tell is not the norm. So like how, how, how would a parent even know that it's, it's gotten to the point where that's something that they should consider? Right. You know, that's a great question. And I'd love parents to be more preventative. I mean, there's some parents that come to me and say, we are moving soon. We are getting divorced soon. We're having a new baby coming into the family soon. And I know my toddler or my child 
isn't going to cope with it well, or, you know, is already anxious about it, or is already maybe sad they're going to miss their friends or whatever the case is, or they're going to be, you know, split between two, two different homes and two different communities and, and so forth. And some parents are, are very proactive and preventative saying, can you please give them coping skills now before it actually takes place so they can mm -hmm. handle it better? So as a therapist, I would love that, but that doesn't always happen. So most of the time parents come to me as almost a last resort. You know, it's already where they're getting in fights at school, their grades have dropped, they're, um, you know, not sleeping, they're not eating, they're wetting the bed, you know, they're doing these, you know, maybe extreme things that they haven't done before, behaviors where the parent finally says, I've tried everything, you know, I've tried to talk to them, I've tried to help them, I've tried to, you know, whatever it is, and then they say, you know, but, it, but nothing's working or I'm not getting through to them can you come in and help? So like I said, a lot of times people come to me as the last resort, you know, but you know, parents can pick up on, you know, I feel like parents know their child the best, you know? Um, and you can, you know, you know, you pick up on things, you know, if their mood changes, if they're normally a happy go lucky kind of kid, and then all of a sudden they're staying in the room a lot, they're withdrawing, they're not wanting to talk, they're not wanting to play, go outside, you know, maybe they're not eating like they used to, or they're waking up, like I said, in the middle of the night a lot or wetting their bed, or, you know, there's behaviors that red flags, if you will, that you can start picking up on early. Now, sometimes a lot of parents might say, oh, I'm sure they're just going to get over it. It's no big deal. And you don't want to make a big and a lot sometimes that does happen, you know, so you can kind of write it out a little bit. But when it starts getting consistent and it starts kind of becoming this perpetual behavior and it starts interfering with they don't want to go to their sport practice anymore, they're trying not to go to school. When you're seeing it interfect, uh, affect their everyday life, that's when you know, okay, there's a problem here. What can I do to help them? And that's when you can call someone like me. We've seen on your Instagram and on your website that you talk about the ABCs of behavior. Is that kind of like what a parent can use as a tool to assess their kids at home? Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, I, I, I do. I love the ABCs. Um, so a, a stands for avoidance. So if you're noticing that your child's avoiding things, um, like we just talked about, you know, avoiding different activities, um, maybe avoiding um, let's say, for instance, this happens at school a lot where a child doesn't want to take, let's say, a math test. You know, they don't feel like they're good in math or they don't feel like they're going to do very well. So right before math, they act out in class. So they're sent to the front office and they get out of their math test. <laughs> it's really smart, actually, you know, for them. But but parents will notice, teachers will notice avoidance behavior. So A stands for avoidance. B stands for boredom. If your child is bored, which I think it's healthy, actually, for all kids to be bored at some point. My kids take me all the time. <laughs> After five minutes, I'm bored. I'm like, God, I'm <laughs> right. Something, right? But you know, but in in general, kids usually get into mischief when they're bored, when they have nothing to do, and it's been, let's say, 20, 30 minutes, and they think it's the end of the world, and they start acting out because they're just have all this energy inside, and they don't know what to do with it. So a lot of times, you'll see behaviors acting out like that. C stands for connection. A lot of times people will say, oh, my, my child's just doing that for attention. They're just acting out or misbehaving because they need attention. And instead of using attention, I use the word connection. They're looking for connection. They're looking to connect with you, the parent, or maybe a sibling or a friend or whatever it is. So if you've noticed, you know, that if a child acts out and says, um, starts, you know, dancing on the table and being really silly, everyone's going to pay attention to them because it's kind of an out of norm behavior, right? 
but they're really, they are, they're seeking that attention. They're seeking connection, you know, from whoever it is they're trying to, you know, impress or, you know, get attention from. And a lot of times they'll do it in a negative way. They'll do something extreme, like dancing on the table in the middle of a restaurant or having a huge tantrum in the middle of Target when you're at the checkout line or whatever the case is. Um, so that's when you know too, okay, I need to reconnect with my child. I need to spend some time with them. Maybe I'm working a lot and I'm not paying as much attention to them as I used to, or I need to take them on a little date, you know, one-on-one -on -one time or whatever it is. You'll, you'll be able to do that. Um, and then the last one's power. I know that's not, doesn't start with an ABC, but the last one is power. If a child doesn't feel empowered in some way at home, they will try to have that power struggle any way they can in any shape or form to, to be able to connect with their parent or just to feel like they're in some kind of control and you'll notice kids acting out more when it's one of those four things. So, so yes, um, I have a chart, like you said, on my blog that, you know, parents can actually chart the behaviors to start looking for patterns. And when they start knowing the patterns, it's, they're able to know what the motivation is behind the behavior and then be able to find the solutions to help them. Let's say someone doesn't have the financial capability or the time to have their kid be taken to some type of therapist. I was going to ask you, which you just answered some of them, but uh, what could a parent do as a preventative measure if they start seeing these emotional changes in behavior? Um, I know you just said charting and uh, and obviously watching all the behavior changes and writing them down, seeing where they come from. And I think charting is, is, is what I recommend actually usually first when it comes to behaviors, because sometimes mm -hmm. even for myself as a parent, I'll say, oh, they're always doing this. They're, they're always acting out or they're always, you know, and sometimes it's, it's not always, but it feels like that because as a parent, it can be so overwhelming when your child does act out that it does feel like it takes over and it happens more often than not. So it's a good way to see and then see when it's happening, why it's happening. You know, is it because I said no to something like, let's say they wanted a cookie before dinner or their iPad for, you know, 10 hours <laughs> that day or whatever it yep. is. And they're told no. And, you know, then you'll know, okay, well, they're triggered when I say no. So maybe how I say no to them the next time might help. So you can start looking at those, mm. types of, you know, patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but a lot of times when it's attention seeking kind of connection behaviors, I always recommend, uh, well, I always recommend parents taking about 20 to 30 minutes a day to just spend time with their child, you know, turning the TV off, turning your phone off, not multitasking, doing, you know, Instagram scrolling at the same time, like legitimately putting everything which I'm guilty of sometimes. Like, you know, I get it. And part of it's for work, right? So it's, you kind of just stay on top of things, but um, but putting everything aside and just dedicating, you know, even 15, 20 minutes if you can. Sometimes I say, I used to say 30, but as a parent, I know that can be hard sometimes. So 15 minutes a day where you put everything aside and just have dedicated time with your children, I think is a really good preventative measure to not get in the place where they're looking for that attention because you're already giving it to them. If, you know, but if you don't have time every day, you know, when you can, as much as you can, as parents, I know not every day is going to be the same and there's some days that are harder than others. Um, but maybe even doing something once a week. Sometimes I kind of prescribe if, like going on a date with your child is what I always call it. But, you know, having a child look forward to something. Okay, on Friday night, you know, if your chores are done and, you know, you know, it could be behaviorally based, um, you know, or non or just could just be just because. But go on a date with your child. Take them to frozen yogurt. Take them to the park. It doesn't have to cost money. And just really having that dedicated time with them, I think, can help. 
during that time, you're, you're growing that attachment. You're able to talk with them. So they're able to tell you if something's wrong. Like I've been having some bad dreams lately, or I'm, I'm having some fears that, you know, um, I mean, kids have fears all the time, rational and irrational, you know, um, uh, there might be a fire in the house. Someone might come and try and break into our house. You know, I'm afraid you're, you know, around second or third grade, sometimes kids have a fear that their parents are going to die. So the separation anxiety gets greater. So yeah, it's, you know, cause they're starting to realize, you know, the real true kind of meaning of life and death and it, it can be really scary for them. So whatever the case is, it gives you that time to connect with them. Um, one other really great thing I think I want to suggest that you, the parents can do is scale with their kids every day, kind of do a quick check-in with them every day. It keeps a good pulse on their mood, their behavior, things like that. So um, with little kids, you can do a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, that, that's a really good idea for like toddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good or bad. There's really no in between with little ones sometimes, but it's good or bad. And if it's bad, you can ask further, you know, follow up questions. You know, well, why is it bad? What happened? You know, well, you didn't give me what I wanted or whatever. Um, and as they get older, you can use a scaling, you know, scale on one to 10. How is your day going? Or how are you feeling today? It could be either behaviorally based or emotionally based. And 10 can be the best, one can be the worst. And if it's a higher number, great move on. If it's lower, then you can ask them more follow-up questions. Well, what happened at school today? Or, you know, why are you so upset? Or, you know, what can I do to help? Or what can we make, how can we make it a higher number? Um, and then as, especially as kids get older into the tween and teen years, when they don't want to talk to you or be bothered with you at all, it's a quick way to check in with them. Let's say on the way home from school, it doesn't have to be a sit down, serious eye to eye contact. You know, kids can get pretty intimidated by that. But if they know it's quick and you're not even having to look at you and you're driving them home from school, just doing a quick check in about how their day is and how they're doing um, can really help you keep a pulse on their mood and their emotions. That brings me to a question, too, that we have for you. Um, As your kids get older and they start to have a little bit more of their independence, um, sometimes kids can lie to you, especially as teenagers. How do you handle that as a parent when you're asking these questions and maybe your kid is just lying to you? Yeah, it's hard, especially if you don't know they're lying at first. You know, at first, you you know, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and you think, oh, they're <laughs> telling me whatever it is. And you're believing them because you're their parent and you want to, you know, think the best of it. But but it is true. Um, and I have a whole blog on, on lying if, if people want more information on that. But it can start as early as about five years old when kids may start lying. And sometimes they lie to experiments and as they lie to see how you're going to react as the parent and if you're going to catch them or not or how much they can get away with and whatnot. Sometimes they lie to try and get out of trouble. If they know they broke the vase and you're going to get mad, they're going to lie about it because they don't <laughs> want to get in trouble, you know? So, yeah. You know, but what parents can do sometimes, I think a lot of times we do know, like I said, parents know their kids better than anybody. So, you can kind of know if their eyes get shifty, <laughs> they're looking to the side trying to think of, you know, or if you ask them the same question, let's say a couple hours later or the next day, and it's a completely different answer. I mean, you're going to catch on eventually. Either they're going to pick up on that and know that and and kind of stop a little bit. You know, like I said, this is, um, it's more of an experimentation phase. But if not, then they may try to stick to their point for as long as they can, you know, and, and stick their feet in the mud, like they say. So, um, a lot of times the way I've handled it with my own kids and then also just, you know, when I suggest parents um, to try different things, I say, you know, to talk about it, talk to them about it and say, you know, well, how, you know, how does that make sense? Or ask them more kind of follow up questions about it and see how they respond and say, hmm, you know, that doesn't sound quite right. I'm not, you know, and sometimes I'll say to my daughter or even my son now, he's kind of starting that phase, but 
it sounds like that might not be true. So I'm going to give you a second chance to tell me what is the truth and see how they respond. Sometimes my son will immediately, because he's only, he's, he's four. So he's on the younger side and he'll do it because he sees his sister doing it or he's starting to blame things on her and all that. Yeah. But I'm he- laughing because my three and a half year old just lied to me so bad the other day and oh, it continued no. for so long. And that's why I can't stop laughing because I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> yes, that's what I did. That's what I did. That doesn't seem like that's true. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, yeah. I don't think you wrote a pink elephant earlier today after breakfast because I was with yeah. the whole time, you know? So sometimes they oh. can be so extreme, you know, and sometimes they're just really imaginative and they just want to tell a story. And so you can almost tell them. Well, first, like I said, going back to my my original point is, you know, asking them, you know, hmm, I don't know if that sounds true to me or not. Let me think about that for a while. And if you feel like you want to change your story, then I'll give you the opportunity to do that. Or if they, if you know, they flat out lied about breaking the vase or taking the cookie, you know, the pantry because there's, you know, chocolate over their face and you know it because you can see it and you know they did. But then they say, no, I didn't have a cookie. And there's crumbs falling from their teeth as they're telling you that. You can, you can give them a second chance. I'm always up for second chances with kids, you know, let them know, well, you know, I see chocolate on your face and I see crumbs in your mouth, <laughs> you know, call, you can call them out in a nice way and then say, but I want to give you a second chance to tell me the truth. And a lot of times they'll be like, oh, mom caught me or whoever, you know, and then they'll be able to come back and tell you the truth, you know, um, but yeah. always give them a second chance to, to tell you because a lot of times they will. Um, research has shown that kids want to do the right thing. They're, they're, they want to please their parents and they want to do have good behavior. And if parents recognize the good behavior and give them the chance to, uh, for instance, uh, if my son is running down the hall and I say, okay, in the house, we only use walking feet. Can you go back to where he started? Can you show me what it looks like to walk? Because I know you can do it, you know, or if he does something wrong, like give them the chance to actually show you, but it takes time. It takes practice to do that as a parent and it takes time. Sometimes we don't have time to have them do a, re- a redo or a do over. But if you can make the time, it actually will help those types of behaviors and kind of, you know, stop them before they get too serious and too bad. Yeah, my my daughter actually just lied to me this morning. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a 10-month-old. And I was in the kitchen with my 10-month-old making him breakfast. And they were my other two were in the playroom. And I all of a sudden heard my son crying. And I came in and I was like, well, what happened? And he, he's, he's, he couldn't really tell me he was as upset. And so I looked at um, my daughter, Emmy, who as I was walking in, I heard her saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I looked at her and I go, well, what happened? And she goes, she goes, I don't know, nothing. And, and I go, I go, well, did you accidentally do something to hurt him? And she goes, no. And I go, well, I heard you as I was walking in say, I'm sorry. And she goes, you did. And I was like, <laughs> you did. And I was like yes, Emmy. And I, and I was like, I just want you to know that as long as you always tell the truth, I'm not going to be mad at you. And then she was able to explain that they were trying to walk on this balance beam in their playroom and she pushed him off because she wanted to have her turn. And it was just really funny, though, to watch her face like she was. She was like, oh, I'm caught. <laughs> but she was but she did tell the truth after I told her, I was like, I will never be mad at you as long as you tell me the truth. We are so sad to tell you this, but uh, we lost connection. And so we had one more question for Dr. Kim, but we're not going to get to that. Instead, we're going to do a Dear Mommy's question. Um, You can follow Dr. Kim at, Jay, do you have her Instagram up? 
I don't, but you can definitely check out her blog. She was referencing her blog a lot, which is theparentologist.com. And she has so many like helpful resources and tips and um, goes into depth a lot more about like what we talked on here. So I feel like if people go to theparentologist.com, it'll definitely be able to find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we do have a dear mommy's question this week. Jade, are you ready? Are you ready for a dear mommy's question? Okay, here we go. I need advice on what to do when your toddler prefers one parent over the other. Ours just turned two and she's obsessed with their daddy, which is amazing to watch them bond, but she freaks out when I try to do things that need to be done, like getting ready in the morning. As much as I know she doesn't hate me, it's hard to not take it personally and get upset. I also blame myself because I work full time in an office where my husband works from home. So he's with the kids more. My heart would greatly appreciate any advice. Love you guys in the podcast. But we love you as well. That's I, hard. It's hard not to feel rejected, you know, like when oh, yeah. your kid prefers one parent over the other. But I also feel like uh, kids are so like everything's like a season, mm-hmm. you know, like n- there's times that like Bella would be like, daddy, 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 daddy. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? And then it's like, then sometimes it's like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. So I do feel like sometimes it's just very like whatever stage your child is in, that just could be like a phase. I'm sure, you know, you feel that way because you're not around her, around her as much. So it totally makes sense that you would feel that way. But I, I do feel like that it's not a forever thing. It does. I mean, it doesn't probably doesn't make you feel any better that you're feeling this way right now, but I um, think it'll, it'll pass. Uh-oh. Emmy disagrees with me, but I got, I, <laughs> You don't want to. <laughs> I want to go to my room. Can I go to my room? Oh, they're back. The munchkins have, re- have returned. Look at how sad this face is. I know that is so sad. This seems like an instance where the, the child is preferring the mom over the dad. <laughs> Let's ask Tanner his advice. Chris goes, I talk. (laughs) I will say now that I'm sitting here thinking upon this question longer, it might be worth it to do like what Dr. Kim said. That was like a, you know, make sure that you, you take time. You have like a little day date. Sorry. Hold on. That's okay. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. The one-on-one time, but hold on. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. I think the answer to this could be what we were talking about with Dr. Kim. It could be maybe just find any time that you can to do some one-on-one time and make it really fun and really personal. And yeah, like no, no TVs, no movies, no nothing, play, talk, explore. And then, you know, she'd look so forward to that time. Yeah. I think like making a new tradition maybe and and then maybe that'll be something you could do as they get older too. And it could always mm-hmm. just be like your thing. And often I will like say from personal experience, the kids do want me way more than they want Tanner. And often when I remove myself, then they get the chance to bond with him. And so, yeah, that's true. He's like, he's like, they don't, they don't freak out and want you like, you know, for maybe like they do for like two or three minutes. And then after you're gone, then they play with me, you know? Emmy, oh my goodness. Well, here's the deal. We've been overrun by the children today. So we're going to finish this podcast. 
let Jade get back to some mommy time. <laughs> and um, we will talk to you next week where we, again, will give fantastic advice. Please send us your questions to our Mommy's Tell All podcast Instagram, or you can call us at 844-844-MOMS and uh, send us your questions there. We would love to hear from you. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.